0: Today on Alabama Unfiltered, we are joined by CJ Pearson. And if you don't know who he is, you will soon. We talked about identity politics, college campuses, and really what's going on across the country. If you stay tuned and join our Unleashed segment by becoming a paid subscriber, we talked to CJ about the Republican race for president and then log cabin Republicans. You don't wanna miss any of it. So join us on Alabama Unfiltered.
1: We're literally debating that it's bad that people get to say what they think.
0: Can you imagine? I'm reading Psalm 144 and it says, he trains my
2: hands for war. We are on the brink of total destruction of
0: America as we know it. Let your rebel flag fly. Welcome in to this edition of Alabama Unfiltered. It's actually kind of a little bit of a mashup because we have Brian Dawson with us today, but Allison Sinclair, how are you? Hi. Are you good? Welcome to the captain's chair. I feel How's happy in the cap. It feels, it feels great. Empowering. You know? It feels empowering. Did you wear um, a pantsuit? You got on. The- I should have, yeah. but I wore jeans, so everyone knows. No That's serious good. pants. No serious pants okay. for me today. I only no. wore my fun jeans, and um, it's going to be a fun show because we're joined by the one and only C.J. Pearson. How are you, sir?
3: Doing well. It's so good to be with y'all, and i got to say, it's it's great to hear a Southern accent. I, I don't get to hear that too often down here in L.A. these days. So
1: You want me to do my Scott Beeson impression so I can really yes, bring him home? Yes,
3: do,
0: do that.
1: I, I, now it's like I'll do it in a, when, it's na, when it fits in naturally. Okay, okay.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. So yeah, you usually the there's a playing. Roll Tide. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should get the Roll Tides out of the way.
3: Yes, okay. we did. Roll tide. Every,
0: roll tide, everybody. Okay. Hey, it,
3: I'm, I'm wearing it. Shout out to Christopher Mobley. Roll Tide. I
0: see it. I see it. Like, this is not Crimson, but I'm doing my best. Okay? We're doing our best right here. Uh, we're sorry, Allison. That. More Eagle?
1: No, she's a Tennessee fan this year. And Gold Vols. On, yeah. Alice, a, I, know. I know. It's
2: just it's just strange, but I'm surrounded. So,
0: whatever. Roll Tide.
2: There you go. <laughs> okay, so CJ. Outnumbered.
0: you, are She is outnumbered. But we love you. I'd Thank wear you. orange for you. I wouldn't. Don't do Kinda it. It's like a bad blind color side, on everybody. I'd wear Don't it do for it. you. Don't I only do wear it.
1: It orange when I go hunting. Actually, I'm a Broncos fan, but I haven't been since Peyton Manning left. Because anyway, on to the show.
0: Yes. Onto the show. All right. So CJ, people may know you by one singular. Well, they know you for a lot of reasons. But I am fascinated as the mother of four kids, nobody's the age you were when this happened. But I want to know as we dive in today, what motivated you? Were you eight or nine when you did that video?
3: Yeah. So in that video, I was actually around 11 or 12 years old. So um, I was in the seventh grade, going into seventh grade, actually, I believe. And what's interesting about that is that I was just a kid who wanted to be hurt. And looking at that situation for some context there, what had happened and what was kind of the catalyst for that video was that Rudy Giuliani in a fundraiser had said something about Obama and how he didn't love America. Because if he really did love America, that he would just simply have been a better president. He would have, you know, led America um, from a position of strength, not a position of weakness. He criticized his fiscal policy, all of these things. And I remember seeing all across Facebook and Twitter social media, people calling Rudy Giuliani a racist for doing it. And I was like, I don't think it's racist to simply criticize someone's political beliefs just because they're, uh, and and just because they happen to be black. And so, you know, funny enough, I had just gotten a camcorder for Christmas, uh, and I hadn't used it yet. And so I decided to turn on the camcorder, uh, film that video and uploaded it. Had no idea it was going to go viral or get as many views as it did, but Ultimately it did Uh, and there's a funny story about that as well. So I think we've talked about this, And So my household does not share my same political beliefs. Uh, We have very different ideas when it comes to that that kind of thing. Uh, And they had no idea about that video until sean hannity was talking about the video and sometimes my uh my, my daddy loves to watch fox news just in the background and whatnot and so he hears you know sean Hannity, you know queuing the video and talking about this young um 12 <laughs> year old kid who just made this video going into <laughs> obama he looks at the tv screen it's me And I tell you, he screamed from upstairs, he said, CJ, get up here. Um, And he's like, what is this video? How can you talk about the first black president like this? He's like, you need to go delete this. And I was like, no, like I said what I said. Um, And it was an entire ordeal. But, you know, at the end of the day, I always joke around with him. I'm like, you guys made me this way. You made me. um, You always told me to stand up for what I believe in. You always told me to be vocal. But also, too. my my parents, you know, while they are card carrying Democrats, they're pretty conservative folks. You know, I grew up going to church every single Sunday, going to Bible study on Wednesdays. I grew up, you know, learning the value of a dollar, the importance of work ethic. Uh, And my grandfather served 20 years in the military. So conservative values weren't a stretch for me. It wasn't a big jump. Uh, And so it it was the start of a journey that has continued to last. And now I'm 20 years old and uh, still giving the left a hard time. It's been, and it's been a fun ride. But
2: that's that's just, like it's so funny because I went back and watched it, and I think I had watched it once before because yeah. my son Connor actually is the first one that really told me about you. And I'm pretty yeah. sure he sent you an email at some point. This is maybe two, two and a half years ago, basically yeah. just saying, "Hey, can I come work for you? You're like a freshman at the University of Alabama, but Connor just wanted yeah. to be like your coffee go getter or something. <laughs> but um, and I remember watching it, and it's so it's so raw. you need to go look it up. I guess type in c j. Pearson, Obama. It'll pop yeah, it'll, right it'll up. pop up. Yeah. But
3: do you think it should come up? <laughs> it's so yeah. cute.
2: You're like, you're you're so raw and real, and there's like a puppy poster in the background, and he's got his little trophies beside him. And and yeah. it's funny because you kind of got interested in politics from what I was reading, maybe in your first grade or second grade class with a mock election. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. It, to, it was the
3: second grade. Yeah. You yeah, had to do was, some research
2: a- on the candidates, and that's when you're like, wait a second, maybe I'm not a Democrat. Maybe
3: yeah, I know exactly that. It was second grade. My second grade teacher, Miss Sharon Bass, who I, I I remember and give her great credit to to where I am today. We had a mock election, and of course, we had to do what every good citizen at the time was doing uh, themselves. We had to research the candidates, watch the debates, read the newspaper, and then ultimately, we were going to figure out who we wanted to vote for. At the end of the week and i remember watching a debate between then senator obama and senator mccain sitting on the floor uh, of our living room and looking at that tv and and just thinking you know obviously i'm I'm a seven-year-old kid i had no idea where iran was what iran was what healthcare reform meant but i knew that what they were talking about was important and i wanted to learn more and i wanted to um also be a part of something important Um, But following that debate, I also realized that I wanted to figure out where I sit on the issues like I wanted to figure out if I were a Democrat or Republican, if I were conservative or liberal or whatever else. Uh, and ultimately in that election, I ended up voting for John McCain. Now, I don't know if I would make that same decision today. Mm. Um, but then I did. Um, and what was interesting about that is that for me, it was about his military service. You know, as I said, you know, my grandfather, he served 20 years in the military. I grew up surrounded by plenty of American flags, seeing all of my grandfather's military honors on the walls and all those things. So it was something I had a deep and profound respect for. And so i cast my vote for him and then after that it was just about a self-discovery for me i wanted to figure out truly where did i see on these issues and like i said you know i had a pretty conservative upbringing growing up in georgia uh you know going to church hearing about the importance of faith and family and all those things um but my parents were democrats and they have always voted that way and so i knew where they stood but i wanted to figure out where i stood and so when i tell you i watched everything i could get my hands on i was watching old CPAC speeches on Mm -hmm. YouTube. I was watching MSNBC. I was watching Fox News, CNN. Just trying to figure out where again I stood, uh, but then ultimately I realized that I stood on the right side of the aisle, and the reason being, again, it goes back to my upbringing. Uh, you know, I've always been told that just because you have the money doesn't mean you should spend the money. I've always been told that you know, in, in, in times of of turmoil and conflict, that we should look to God for guidance as a country and as a nation. And so, embracing conservative values was something that was just second nature to me. And while it was definitely the uh, center piece of some interesting dinner time conversation for many years to come at that point Um, it it was it was great because at the end of the day and, and i really do uh place a lot of credit um to this part of my upbringing is that having parents who had different political beliefs it actually made me very very aware of what the other side believes um, so much so that I was intimately aware that they were very, very wrong about the direction that our country should be heading. Um, but also, too, it makes you a better advocate for your beliefs. You know, I always say that as conservatives, we can't just, you know, rest on our laurels and just preach to the choir. We've got to grow the congregation. And that means talking to people where they are, where they're at, uh, and bringing them to our side. we got to be an evangelist of our of our ideology, of our philosophies, of hope and opportunity, uh and also of just good old fashioned American values. And so that's always been the approach that I've taken. And I don't know if I would have, you know, taken that approach necessarily if I hadn't grown up the way that I had. So uh it's been it's been a great road and journey.
1: One of the things I think is worth talking about, and and do you know Kay Carl Smith by any chance? I don't. I don't think okay, so. Okay. So he's a big Frederick Douglass guy. He writes for us, and yeah. <clears throat> has been on the podcast. Um, he's a big Trump guy. Anyway. Um, he, he has a very similar story to you though. He's, you know, probably 50 or 60 now. So he's a little bit older, but, um, same, same type of thing. And one thing from meeting with him, talking with him and just watching the Alabama political landscape, specifically in Alabama, it's not nationwide. The Democrats in Alabama, which is made up mostly of, of black people. Right. And so, Mm -hmm. but they're more conservative than most of the Republicans in the state. And it's exactly what you said. They're God fearing, hardworking people who love their families and want more of their work money that they've earned to go in their pocket and not into taxes. The value system is there, but there's like this blind allegiance to a party and it's just identity politics. You were able to break free from it. What do you think it is? Cause to me, that's the future of the political thing. You saw Trump, uh, what he was able to do and in what Ron DeSantis has been able to do in Florida by getting people who identity politics wise should have been with Democrats, but they really realized like, wait a second, I'm actually over here. How do you think yeah. we open the eyes of people like your family members and, and, and get, you know, make, make, make some hay in that area.
3: Yeah. I think you have to like, you have to, number one, you have to ask people, do you think that you've been getting what you deserve from voting at 90% of the time for by a political party that only seems to care about you during an election year? Mm. If you look at the state of Chicago, look at the state of Detroit, look at the state of every single progressive ran city in America. What do you see? you see poverty, you see destitution, you see violent crime, uh, you know, running rampant. I think black people deserve better. I think Latino voters deserve better than that. And I think that we've gotten to a point in which we're seeing actually, is that people are opening their eyes and saying, I am sick and tired of being sick and tired Mm. and unfortunately it has to get to that point for some people um, before they actually just start changing the way in which they've always voted because it really is a social conditioning thing right so it's like i was young i didn't I, i was so young that i hadn't been corrupted by this pervasive view that the color of my skin should dictate my politics i was just simply a kid who wanted to know if i was a republican or democrat and i let my values be my north star but Amen. unfortunately you know if you look at older generations of african americans older generations of uh latinos and, and 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 other communities is that it's a social conditioning thing they've been told since. Almost, they were born that they are supposed to vote one way or the other because of the color of their skin because of their ethnicity and it's absolutely wrong because if you look at the actual accomplishments that we've seen from conservatives in this country look at president trump for example we had the lowest black unemployment rate in our nation's history we had criminal justice reform for the first time you know done by a a conservative republican the democrats didn't did it donald trump did it and so to that point, I've got to say, you've got to ask, what have the Democrats done for people of color in this country other than use us and abuse us and only speak to us when they need our votes? And I think that's what you have to remind black voters of, because it's, it, it, it's a very, very real thing. And unfortunately, I think that, or should I say fortunately, actually, I think the the, the chains that have long been um, around just the, the minds of so many people of color in this country are, are finally starting to break free. Look at what happened in Georgia recently. Stacey Abrams was 1.8% away from being the governor of Georgia in 2018. She lost by 10 plus points uh, this past cycle because black voters were like, Stacey, you're not with us. Why should we be with you?
2: Mm. I want to come back and kind of talk about like what your plan is for kind of your generation. How do we capture, I want to talk about, Are they really as liberal as we all think they are? But it's funny you say and you bring up Donald Trump because this hasn't been like a linear progression for you. You Mm -hmm. went through a Bernie Sanders phase and you weren't a Trump fan at first. And I think there's a lot of
1: of grace for that that
2: because we're all on this path and you're young and you're discovering, but it almost like reconfirms you. You you left conservatism, I guess, in 2015 Mm is kind of how they pitch it in all the articles. Um, yeah. You were Bernie Sanders and very anti Trump, but how did you make it back? Because it must have just been yeah. this you, you've got to go through those, I think, to really test mm-hmm. your beliefs. Um, yeah. And now I, I put you as a Trump supporter and very much conservative like him. So, what was that transition yeah. like?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think, like any young person, you know, you go through your growing pains. And for me, I was a kid, you know, when right. I decided um to 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 support, you know, Senator Sanders. And for me, there was a lot, you know, going on at that time. I think for me, largely though, it was the fact that I did grow up in a household where I was surrounded by progressivism. And even at a young age, when you're bold and independent and have such a big voice of your own, you do want to have the validation of your parents. You want them to be yep. proud of you. And there was a certain point where I was like, maybe if I shared their politics, they would be prouder. Uh, But then as I went down that path and I was saying things like, you know, there should be free healthcare, that Bernie Sanders is a solution to all of our problems, I realized that I didn't believe any of that. And I realized that the values that I had, the conservative values that I had, the upbringing that I had, were diametrically opposed to everything that he was talking about. But I also remembered how actually my parents had raised me they had raised me to be a fighter for the things in which i believe in that i truly believe in not to bend my politics to make them happy or anyone happy but to be an advocate for truth not just my truth because everyone loves to have versions of their truth these days but the truth objective truth the fact that america is indeed the greatest nation in the world a a pinnacle of freedom and liberty a shining city on a hill. Those were the things in which I truly believed. And I didn't care if the internet had you know things to say about me that were negative or if they had death threats to send my way or whatever else. I was going to speak the truth that I believed in. Uh, and so I came back to conservatism. And, and when it came you know, to President Trump, I think it, it was a thing that a lot of us were kind of at in the conservative movement for a time. We didn't know the guy. Uh, and so you know, I remember you know listening to him talk at, at a certain point and it was like, oh, I don't really know if this is the direction our party should be going in. Because unfortunately, I drank some of the Kool-Aid that the media uh, was trying to pour down our throats, that he was this, he was that, he was everything else. And I realized, no, he is just scaring the hell out of these people. And we need more politicians like that, who are not afraid to call balls and strikes, who are not afraid to speak truth to power, and who are not afraid to challenge the establishment. And that is exactly why I supported him. And I've been such a huge supporter of him today, and I think is why you see the people who are of the biggest supporters were once Trump critics themselves you see folks like Candace Owens you see Kellyanne Conway who was a big crew supporter and and it's so funny when I read it to talk to them about it and it's like you know everything that that he's done has I think given a roadmap of what the conservative movement should continue um to be and continue to fight for we need America first and I think that What's interesting about this entire thing? That's unfortunate about, of course, you know, the, the the past election is that I think it's kind of bittersweet for a moment. Obviously, I would have preferred for President Trump to be reelected, and I think that um, there are some significant issues with the election and and whatnot. But I think that Americans needed a wake-up call because I think a lot of people thought that America was just on cruise control during the Trump presidency, that everything was just good because it's always good and it's always going to be good. But I think if you look at the state of America today, you look at record high inflation, you look at empty grocery stores, you see gas prices higher than they've been. And, and, and in many, many years, people are like, I deserve more than this. I want better than this. And maybe Donald Trump wasn't that bad of a guy. I may not have liked yep. his tweets or whatever else. I may not like the way that he said things, but I'd rather have $2 gas um, than you know than whatever else, right? So it's like the media The media can attack him. They can slander him. They can defame him. And they can attack people like us, the so-called deplorables. But at the end of the day, I've got to say, a lot of people are wishing it was four years ago than uh, the state that we're in right now. So, so. true.
2: And it's fun because mm-hmm. your your journey with Trump is not like I don't think any of us voted for him in the primary. Um, no.
1: And no. I've got a whole story there. I didn't know I was allowed to vote until after the primary. So the first vote I've ever cast in my entire life was for Donald Trump in the general election.
2: Brian wow. spent a few wow. years in prison. You need to. <laughs> his story, you story is incredible. is like, like, literally you need to incredible. Because um, he's like, yeah. just not. I don't, I don't. I see him as a teddy bear, not a prisoner. But. Anyway, yeah. he was all that. But yeah, and then and then Donald Trump kind of started to prove himself. And we're like, yeah. what in yeah. the world? Um, so I think that's yeah. a normal normal trajectory. Yeah.
1: I mean, let, let just ob- objectively look at it. He was a New York Democrat that donated to Planned Parenthood that was saying a lot of really good things about the border. And we'd been lied to by yeah. every other Republican. John McCain. Um, what's the other guy? Mitt Romney. It's, oh, yeah. It's Bob McRomney yeah. Dole. It's the same person. It's just <laughs> it as is. big. Anyway. So I'm just thinking, like, well, here's another person who's lying to us. But I really like this rhetoric. I was a yeah. Ted Cruz guy. That's who I wanted to win. <clears throat> and I was then, a Ted Cruz guy. Yeah. yeah. And 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 then boom, here comes Trump. And then you know right away just starts doing things he said he was gonna do, which is and, that's and, really and how, what it takes. how novel
3: is that, Brian? Yeah. You actually ensured his certain, certain do. They say they're gonna do. Yeah.
0: It it, it really did. It
3: was. Yeah.
0: So okay, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back I want to jump into the college campuses before we finish up with you today DEI all that garbage that's going on so stick with us we'll be right back
1: what's up guys Brian Dawson CEO of 1819 News here I want to take a minute to tell you about my good friends over at Centurion Labs cold weather is here and you know what that means colds the flu and coronaviruses are running rampant Your immune system needs protection, and that's why I love what my friends over at Centurion Labs are doing. They're always looking for safe, effective, affordable ways to keep you healthy and at your best. Got a cough, sore throat, or a runny nose? You need to check out their Ninja Cough product. You heard me, Ninja Cough. It contains the strongest non-narcotic cough suppressant on the market with no sugar, alcohol, or dyes, so it's safe for everyone, even your kids. Looking to strengthen your immune health, prevent sickness, or fight off the flu, and of course, coronaviruses? Defender Immunity Boost is for you. It is an all-in-one immunity booster that combines vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, copper, and quercetin in just one pill to save you money and help defend your health. Having trouble sleeping? Defender PM is a nighttime immunity booster that will help you get rest and boost your immune health. Now is the time to defend your health, save money, and support a company that shares your Christian values and loves this country. Centurion has dedicated the last 15 years to research and develop safe, effective, and affordable products made in the USA that you can trust. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast can get 20% off their first bottle order when you visit centurionlabs.com forward slash 1819news and use the promo code 1819. That's CenturionLabs.com forward slash 1819 news with the promo code 1819. Check them out, guys.
0: Welcome back, everybody. Allison, do we love our products from Centurion Labs? We do. Actually, I need to order more. I'm almost out of my just energy. I was just selling somebody on it last week. I was like, you need to go order it now, especially the evening supplement. We There's need a to part s- of me out
1: of morbid curiosity that wants to get some Ninja Cough just to have it. Oh, you need
0: to have Ninja Cough.
1: Ninja Cough. Okay. <laughs> I am uh, a believer in the Defender because I took Defender the first time I had COVID and believed it helped me tremendously. Uh, It's got all your vitamin C, D3, zinc, quercetin, uh, and other those things that you need. And he was way ahead of the curve on that stuff. That's like, you know, uh, those were the things that were going to help. Anyway, so really, really good stuff.
2: We need to send some to CJ Pearson, who's here with us today. Yes. (laughs) And um, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Thank you. But yeah, he's out in L.A. with all those special people, people and
3: with all of those, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to
1: describe it. Yeah, when, it's, when it's okay defender. to say those people, right? We're allowed to say <laughs> those, those people. You. <laughs>
2: I was actually going to say germs and pollution and lots of people, but we'll send you some defender. You can try it out, but uh, I, I know it. we don't have much time with you left, but I want to ask you. So you, you left, you are now living in Los Angeles. You were enrolled in the university of Alabama road had
1: road time
2: um and you left college to go out and you're working for prager you you're starting your own show i want to talk about that a little bit but i want to go back to what in the world is happening on our college campuses i would love your take on that as well so tell us what you're doing in la and then go back to bama
3: yeah yeah exactly so i yeah moved here to los angeles so uh, i think three or so months ago now which is a journey that I never thought I would make, you know, I've, I've grown up in the South, grew up in Georgia, went to school in Alabama for three years. And uh, then when the opportunity came to join PragerU and to be a part of the incredible work they're doing uh, across the country, really, uh, to do what we kind of talked about before the break, to grow the congregation and not just preach to the choir, um, was an opportunity I just really couldn't pass up on. I think that, you know, one of the biggest goals that PragerU is very intentional about is teaching what is not being taught. And uh, that's exactly I think how we, we save America and it relates and it relates kind of directly to what we're seeing on our college campuses, which have become far more about indoctrination than it is about education. And so I have launched a new show here called The Wrap Up, where we break down the biggest stories of the week, um, from politics to culture to everything else that the mainstream media doesn't want you to hear about. And, uh, you know, your listeners can check that out every single Friday. And, and that's available on all platforms, uh, YouTube, PragerU.com, the whole nine yards, and so that's been super exciting. But you know, the second part of your question, you talked about the state of college campuses across America, and it is truly unfortunate because it's not just happening in um, you know, deep blue states like California or uh, you know, New York City or wherever else, but it's happening in red states too. You know, I was just talking to Senator Tom Watley. Um, over the weekend who sent me this article about how Auburn University is bringing on, Allison? this is your neck of the woods, by the way. Oh, Auburn University go. is bringing on a DEI director for their agricultural college, uh, I guess to make farming more diverse yeah, and equitable. We need gay corn,
1: like, gay corn. <laughs> right, yeah, because that's going to
3: make you a better training livestock cows. farmer or a dairy farmer. Yeah, and it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's a race to the bottom. And, and, and it's a shame because I think here's the deal. You know, college education is about diversity of viewpoint. I am totally okay with the idea that college students should be hearing viewpoints from every side of the aisle, whether it's left, right, middle, or center, whatever. But I think that there's a difference about what is actually happening in practice in our campuses today. We're seeing leftism being presented to students as if it's the only ideology that they can believe in, as if it's the only way in which they can examine the issues. And that is a shame. That's not education. That's indoctrination. Uh, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when education was about teaching students how to think and not what to think. And unfortunately, we've seen a departure from that. And the DEI thing is, is something that is very pervasive because it sounds like something that why would you object to it? Diversity? We're not against that in theory or in practice, right? Equity, well, when you actually think about what equity means, where it's not about actually equality of opportunity, it's about equality of outcome that sounds not too ideal but whatever equity doesn't sound nefarious at face value and then of course inclusion who wants to be excluded right and but when you actually look down deeper into what dei is it is the same uh doctrine that underpins crt this idea of 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 anti-white sentiment of black victimhood which i you know i talked about in a recent uh you know show that i did with vice news that this is actually not conducive to actually creating Black success or black scholars? How are you going to allow for black people, for black students, for black kids to see themselves as scholars, as leaders, as future governors and business leaders if they are perpetually being told that they are a victim um, who are having to fight against the so-called white man to achieve just a fraction of what their white peers are able to? Uh, I think that's the exact opposite of what we should be teaching young young kids in any classroom, whether it's in high school, middle school, elementary school, or even college, and so. I think it's the most important fight that's happening in America right now, in large part because of the fact that this is directly impacting the next generation of leaders in America. And conservatives have an obligation to fight this fight, uh, because if we don't, we will lose an entire generation to the left, and our country can't afford that. And so it's, it's, it's why I'm so excited to be a part of Prairie It's why I'm excited to um, take this message uh, across the country and do all that we can um, to wrestle our college campuses back uh, from the radical left.
0: So what are your, yeah, exactly. What are your final thoughts for our viewers in Alabama? What would you encourage them to do right now? They're watching this. They're motivated. They're, you're young. You have so many good ideas. You're out there doing the work of helping to save America. What would you say to them?
3: i would say don't rest on your laurels uh you know i love alabama and i know that our past will cross again one day uh, i i look forward to being back every time that i am and i was actually just there uh a week ago in tuscaloosa uh, visiting some friends and it is a beautiful state uh and we have some incredible leaders uh, of the state but do not rest in your laurels you know i grew up in georgia born and raised there and if you would have told me that georgia would ever be a blue state ever would be a purple state I would have told you that you were a liar. I could have never believed that that would ever be a reality that we find ourselves in, but it is. And so I think that it is important for us in, in red states like Alabama to be aggressive about protecting about what makes Alabama, Alabama. An appreciation and love for freedom, liberty, um, about real conservative solutions that maybe are not easy, but are necessary to protect our children and to protect the future of the state. Uh, you know, there is no reason in red states like Alabama that we should be allowing biological men to be competing against women uh, in, in sports. There is no reason that children should have access to life altering uh, medications that will allow them to change their gender uh, and, and mutilate their genitals. It's wrong and it's unconscionable. And there is no reason in a a red state like Alabama, that we should be having taxpayer funded racism like DEI initiatives or anything like that happening in our state. And at the end of the day, here's the deal. I've always said this about conservatives and I've always said this about Republicans. We get power, but we oftentimes don't know how to, don't know how to use it, which is why I, I feel like people are so excited about Governor DeSantis, because it's like for the first time you see a politician in power and he actually is using the power and weight of his office to actually make conservative things happen. Uh, you know, if you look at what he's done with the child drag shows, this was something that was super innovative and kind of wild to see, is that when there was a child, child drag show at a bar, he took away their liquor license. That's crazy, right? Like, why, why are we not doing that in every single red state in the country? Uh, when you look at the new college of Florida, when he saw administration was, was quelching free speech on campus and not allowing diversity of viewpoint, he appointed conservatives to the board of trustees for that university. Why is that not happening at auburn why is that not happening at the university of alabama system i know a lot of those people are conservative but we've got to make sure that we are you know are being aggressive about ensuring that again alabama remains alabama uh because at the end of the day the left is fighting tirelessly every single day they're targeting our children they're targeting every person of every age of every color and they're seeking to target the fundamental values that make america america and if you think that they're trying to change the direction of this country imagine what they would like to do in alabama imagine uh if, if folks like uh our, our our good friend tabitha over at the democratic party of alabama was able to get her way what what alabama would look like and i think that uh you know we've got to fight harder we've got to fight back and we've got to be aggressive and at the end of the day Uh, We are in a time of choosing, you know, Reagan once said, right, where we have to decide what type of nation we wish to be. Will we be a nation of opportunity, of freedom, of liberty, or will we be a nation of lawlessness uh, and just downright uh, progressive, a progressive race to the bottom? And I believe fundamentally that America is the greatest nation in the world, but it didn't get there uh, by patriots sitting on the sidelines. It got there by patriots being on the front lines and uh and i'm committed to that fight i know that you guys are and and thank you so much again for having me it's been so great
0: that i'm like cj for president (laughs) that's what
2: i CJ, oh gosh that was great thank you so much i know your schedule is busy if you don't follow cj on instagram um and well we won't talk about i don't even know if you're on that other one that the Chinese have, but anyway, <laughs> TikTok. um, yeah. I'm trying to get rid better. of my
3: TikTok addiction. It's, it's hard. Maybe once they ban it, I'll be able to, to get over. I was talking to a friend earlier about, you know, uh, Kylan Darnell and Ken Urich, you know, who are, who go to Alabama. You know, we, we have a huge Instagram TikTok thing going on there. But
2: well, I, don't I know what's going on. you could do, I could, um, like for Jennings, my daughter, I have her TikTok password. She can't get in unless I type it in. I could do that for you. She, because she's yeah. like, I gotta yeah. get all. Yeah, yeah, I, I need stuff. you to do it's that. Bad. I
3: need you to set some parental. We, we everyone's mom.
2: <laughs> I, I can be your mom you too. Can do it. You can. Yeah. Do Allison
3: it. really is everyone's mom. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I, I love, I love getting a text from Allison because I'm just like, what did I do or what did I need to do? It's, yeah. it's just always one of the two. <laughs> it's one of the two always.
2: Oh, CJ and I have a long history. It's funny how because he's really just my son's age, and that's how I know him through. Yeah his fraternity brother, Davis Perry, who went to school. And, (laughs) and so like when I see CJ doing like really official things, I try and think of Connor (laughs) doing those things. And I'm like, this would be a disaster. So it's so impressive what you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, If you're ever back in Alabama, we'd love to have you in studio um, or on. I'd love to. But what I was going to say is go follow him on his social media. He has some of the funniest. I think my favorite little video of yours is the Eminem ones where you're like, I mean, why can't I just eat an M&M? Do you have to think about my I know. Am I like, eating why, a are we, lesbian why are we making M&M?
3: trans? Yeah. What's going
2: on?
1: So I told you, Auburn's going to have tranny corn and, and gay cows. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, there's no stopping this.
0: Listen, <laughs> Stop thank you so much uh, for being with us today. We really appreciate it. And to our subscribers, we would like to tell you if you'd like more awesome content like that, if you want, Sweet merch, which, Brian, I don't know if you picked it out, but it is sweet. Pretty good. Um, join the fight. We have an Unleashed segment for subscribers only, but this content and more will be available. But it's kind of like some of my favorite podcasters say, support what you love or it will go away. So thank you, uh, Red Pill, but listen yeah. to us first and then you can go listen to them. CJ, thank you so much for joining us today. And we're excited because he's going to stick around for Unleashed.
1: That's right. Alabama unfiltered unleashed is the is something that we do to thank people who have joined the fight as you should be doing join the fight get the merch get the content support the cause get the goods and we'll be there you can access it on the membership portal on the website go to your membership and sign in if you haven't done it yet the top of the screen there's a red button on the website that says become a member click there sign up group start at five dollars a month ten dollars a month eighteen dollars nineteen cents a month or more so do that so that you can access this amazing content that we have where what is he going to be talking about
0: okay in the unleash segment it's going to be the um presidential election and log cabin republicans yeah. stick around